Yo, 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 mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Welcome to Behind the Baller, where we will go deep beyond the shit you see about me online or hear about me online. You know what I'm saying? I am Ben Baller, your host. And for a while, or for at least a few episodes or more than that, I want you guys to get familiar with me. You know what I'm saying? I might have some guests on the podcast, but this podcast will be character driven, not guest feature driven. You feel me? And uh, that jazzy beat you hear laying under my voice is none other than the genius Lakey Inspired. Lakey will be doing all kinds of original music for the podcast. Fuck with dude pretty heavy. Found him on Instagram. And when you get a chance, follow at Lakey Inspired. L-A-K-E-Y inspired one word so um the reason why this podcast sounds so clear is because it's being produced by miles davis and jordan winter aka the dust brothers i have to give an enormous motherfucking shout out to michael rapaport for inspiring me to get into podcasting once i heard his show and began to be a huge fan of his i told myself man there's no fucking way i can start a podcast Unless it's at that level. Because what rap does is what you call professional podcasting. And to anybody who's followed me, who knows me, has been following my career, whatever it may be, just know that nothing that I've ever done thus far in my life was built for me more than this podcasting shit. You know what I'm saying? This is me 100%. I was built for this. Straight, authentic shit. Not some shit you could learn in a school. And I've been listening to thousands of hours, like literally hundreds of hours of podcasts in the last few months, prepping myself for this day right here. I've been literally prepping and psyching myself out like crazy for this moment right here. You know, when I'm sitting in traffic, and obviously LA, tons of traffic, I really like to listen to music. I actually fuck with podcasts, you know what I'm saying? I love listening to a podcast, especially when I'm in traffic because it helps the drive, you know what I'm saying? I also like to listen to podcasts when I'm on a plane. And for those of you who know, I travel a lot. Like, I just got off my 66th flight this weekend. That's 66 flights. And we're in barely in motherfucking August, you feel me? And it's like, I'm not a pro basketball player, I'm not a rapper, not a musician, I'm just a bald-headed, old, fucking washed-up Asian dude. So, oh, before I forget, shout-out to my dogs, Kevin Durant and my bro, Rich Kleiman, for hooking up the Behind the Baller podcast with these master and dynamic, super high-tech headphones. Yo, man, good looking out, man. This shit is is incredible. You know what I'm saying? These are the best fucking headphones out there. KD, man, he's involved in a lot of shit. Real smart businessman outside of basketball. So... Okay, man, let's get started. As some of you may know, my name is Ben Yang. But professionally, I'm known as Ben Baller. Remember that. My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Your opinion of me is none of my business. And most importantly, I am not here to be liked. I had a crazy fucking weekend. (laughs) 
the worst time to fucking record, you know what I'm saying? I lost my voice, got in a fight with my boy, and it just was yelling and talking shit. I was hosting a nightclub in D.C., and I lost my voice. I tried to use some honey and some tea and everything. So so bear with me. I know this is the genesis. This is the first episode, but, you know, don't be a bitch. It's all good. So um, I was born on January 27, 1973 to Eun-sik Yang and Helen Chang. If you do not know, I am of Korean descent. I was born and raised here in Los Angeles, though. I have a sister named Jean, and I have a brother named David, both older than me. Again, I was born and raised in L.A. Not fucking Corona or the IE or Orange County or the Valley or whatever else. I was born in L.A., L.A. for real. I hate motherfuckers be out there like, oh, yeah, man, from L.A., man. No, you're not, bro. You're from fucking Stanton. And I, I didn't even fucking know where the fuck Stanton was until recently. You know what I'm saying? So I started fucking with Google Maps. We're like, yeah, man, I'm from L.A., dog. Yeah, man, fuck, dog, I'm from L.A., bro. Where you from? Oh, what part? Oh, Downey. Man, if you don't get the fuck out of here with that shit. Anyways, <laughs> I was born and raised in L.A., and I've been talking and starting shit since I was five. Like, literally. I currently stand at six feet tall. I weigh 200 pounds. Yes, I know. I need to lose some weight. You know what I'm saying? Too much lechon. Too much Jollibee um, and way too much Coca-Cola, a.k.a. my favorite drink. I drink like three to five cans of Coke a day for like the last 30 years. But in the last couple of weeks, I've kind of chilled out. I've had like a Coke like every three or four days because I'm trying to, I'm really trying to, trying to get over this. It's a problem for real. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I know I need to get in the gym because my chest currently looks like a wet blanket. You know what I'm saying? But that's just dad life, you know. Back to who I am. So... I grew up in Koreatown, Los Angeles. This was way back when it wasn't all gentrified and shit and there wasn't like million dollar condos and stuff. This is when motherfucking gangbanging was in order. Gangbanging was live in fucking full effect. You know what I'm saying? There's like five major gangs in Koreatown and one of them happened to be the biggest motherfucking gang in the history of all gangs. MS-13, Marasavaducha. And uh, later on in the podcast... Not this one. I don't know when, but we'll get into stories about my um, interaction and my fucking uh, meetups with those motherfuckers right there. So, you know, even though I grew up in Koreatown, I grew up in Los Angeles, I went to an elementary school in a small city called Monterey Park. Um, if you don't know where Monterey Park is, it's in the 626 area of San Gabriel Valley. It is pretty much China. And when I was going to school there, it was... Um, just starting to get real yellow, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't fully yellow yet, but it was starting to get yellow. You know what I mean? My brother and sister were super academic types. Um, my dad got his PhD from Harvey Mudd. Harvey Mudd is one of the Claremont Colleges. Um, and, you know, Korean culture, they're super, super, like, about academics and shit, and they don't give a fuck. Like, you could somewhat be, not necessarily a loser in life, but, like, you could be a regular dude, but if you had like straight A's, you know, you're like, you're considered God in the Korean community, you know, like back in the, in the eighties and shit, you know, but, um, me, I knew early, I was like, nah, fuck that. I need to get paid. Like, fuck this doctor, lawyer. Shit. That's just not me, period. So anyways, went to school in Monet Park. My brother and sister both went to boarding schools on scholarship and any bit of money that went to the rest of the education. My parents had no problem busting their ass. My mom worked 80-hour weeks consistently. 
There was weeks where she just literally slept at the factory. She was a dress contractor. My dad was a teacher. My dad never, ever, ever made more than 30 grand a year, and it was crazy. He was a professor at UCLA for over 30 years, and um, it was just crazy. My education was such a big fucking deal, and, and I hated fucking school. Like, I know I have a big platform, and um, I should encourage things, because, you know, I would want my kids to kind of go to school, but really... Man, school was such a big fucking waste of time for me. It was just, it just wasn't for me, period. And I'm talking about me, Ben Yang, Ben Baller. That's it. So, you know, parents put me in a school in Monterey Park because I had an auntie that lived there and we used her address and the school was kind of good, but, you know, I just didn't fit in. And, um, you know, I got kicked out of the school anyways. Growing up, I got kicked out of a lot of schools. Like, even from kindergarten on, I got kicked out of like fucking like five, ten schools. You know what I'm saying? But once I got into elementary school, I think around sixth grade, my parents got divorced. I might have been like, fuck, like 1984, I think. I got kicked out of school. I kicked out of a school called Monterey Highlands. And then I had to go to a different school in Monterey Park called Brightwood. And I got kicked out of there too. So it was just a shit show. And from that point on, I got kicked out of six schools until I graduated high school. You know what I'm saying? I was just always in fights and shit and um, fighting, doing stupid shit, ditching, smoking weed. Just do, I was a badass kid, period. You know what I'm saying? This ain't low. I was some fucking nerd. Like you see a lot of dudes are like, oh, I'm a fucking YouTuber and I'm cool and I got this and I got that. And motherfucker, shut up. You was a fucking nerd, period. You was a fucking nerd. You're a fucking geek now. No one gives a fuck. And um, cool. You got 4 million fucking followers and fans who are under the age of 16. Great. Anyways, <laughs> here is one fact about me and my life that not many people know. I mean, fuck. As far as the internet goes, I don't think fucking anybody knows this shit because one time I was uh, doing an event. I was doing a celebrity butt tending event at the Green Door in San Francisco. And I said, hey, listen, anyone who can name all three high schools that I went to We'll get a free pen. And, you know, shit, my pens, VVS pens, they hit for like anywhere from 75 to 150 bucks in the streets, you know. And this is even in Cali, you know, they on the black market, they hit for a lot, you know. Shouldn't talk about that so much because obviously my company is 100% legit, you know, fully compliant. But like, hey man, once people buy my pens, it's, you know, it's, that's up to them to do what the fuck they want to do. So going on, hundreds of people showed up and not one person got it right. So I'm just going to break it down here because this is my podcast and I want people to know more about me so they can get a better idea. And um, before I get into that, you know what, man? This is a fucking amazing place for me to get back at people like with DMs and stuff and everything. Like I get about, you know, on a really slow day, if I don't post like a couple stories, no regular posts, you know, I might get like 100, 200 DMs. On a day where it's kind of popping, you know, 300, but on certain days... I've had over 1,000, 2,000 DMs in, in one day. So I can't imagine what the fuck Nicki Minaj or like fucking Justin Bieber or like any bad bitch on Instagram who's half naked, I can't imagine how bad the DMs must be because my shit is crazy. So like a lot of times people be like, oh man, you know what? You should go here. Uh, you should try to go to Cozumel or you know what? This place is really dangerous. And it's just like, listen, man, a lot of times I know this is a real dickhead thing to say. And, and if you didn't know by now, I'm a fucking asshole, you know? But like, you think I got this fucking far in my life? Like, I'm 46 going on 200. Like, I've lived literally three, four lifetimes. I've done fucking almost everything. 
And I only talk ridiculous, crazy, stupid, fucking ignorant shit when it's something I know. If we're talking about the space program or Bunsen burners and shit, you're not going to hear me talk a lot of shit, period. But when it's something that I know, I talk a lot of shit. I love when people sit there and be like, oh, what the fuck do you know about basketball? You know no shit. Motherfucker, I got a scholarship to college playing basketball, motherfucker. I went to fucking China to play pro basketball, you dumb motherfucker. What do I know about football? You're Chinese. No, I'm Korean, bro. And guess what? <laughs> I got a scholarship to play football. I was all city. I was motherfucking all conference. I was a bad motherfucker when it came to sports. You know what I'm saying? A lot of you motherfuckers ain't never played any kind of organized sports ever. Motherfuckers are sitting on the couch like, bro, shut the fuck up. It's crazy. You know, people give me suggestions to places and it's like only like 1% of the time they kind of come out like it's a decent vice. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, the one fact that I want to break down here is for a short period of time in between when I was going to Fairfax High School and Beverly Hills High School, I went to a tiny public school in the East Bay, in the Bay Area, in the East Bay, and the school's called Albany High. This city isn't famous for shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, the city, no joke, is one square mile, all right? It is a fucking crazy small town. If people think, if you're from LA and you think that Glendale or like Burbank has a bad police department, imagine a city that is one square mile has its own police department. Like, way back in the day when Digital Underground was um, was recording their first album, I think it was called, what, Sex Packets? And sidebar, if y'all didn't know, please know, pre-2005, my hip-hop knowledge is fucking ridiculous, you know what I'm saying? Because that's what I did for a living. And it was beyond that. It's what I, it's what I ate, breathe and fucking shit hip-hop period since way way back so going on you know digital underground you know back in the day used to have cds and shit and a lot of people i know me i would buy a cd and open it because i want to see the credits i want to see who produced it i want to see if there's any shout outs and a lot of times they have shout outs and at the end of the album um shout outs on the digital underground for those of you who don't know who the fuck digital underground is tupac was in digital underground so I really hope I can just put you guys on to some shit because I know I have a lot of young followers, but goddamn, man, like, I hate when I meet a rapper and they just don't study, like, the greats and just, it's just fucking sad. Anyway, Digital Underground, you know, Barrier Legends, but they're obviously way bigger than that. They put at the end of their shout outs and no thanks to the Albany Police Department for delaying our studio session. So anyways, that was like the most famous thing Albany could be known for. If you remember, like, four or five years ago, there was this little punk-ass Indian kid. He was, like, a super troller. His name was It's Lavish. Some of you, one of you motherfuckers had to heard of this guy, It's Lavish. Well, I did some research on dude and found out he went to Albany High. And that kind of bummed me out, but at the same time, like, damn. Remember, dude used to DM me and shit, and I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, I'm wait till he turns 18, and when I see him, I'm just gonna smack the shit out of him, like... That shit, that type of cornball shit, man, that trolling 6 9 type shit, it's just, I, I don't get how you guys, like, condone this shit. It's just so fucking mind-boggling to me. But anyways, man, it's a part of my life. I was just doing bad. I was fucking up left and right. My dad could not control me. My mom worked so fucking much, she couldn't control me. 
So I had to move with my brother who was trying to get his life together. And my brother is eight years older than me. So it wasn't like he was ready to be a dad. Like he was, you know, he was dating a girl seriously. And um, last thing he needed was some dude, well, his little brother, who's a punk, to move to Northern California while he's, you know, getting his life started and live there and have to discipline me. And it was a fucked up thing because it actually tore me and my brother apart. And for those of you, a lot of people don't know, my brother was my idol growing up. Like I idolized my brother. My brother was also a genius. You know what I'm saying? He got like a 1580 SAT score. I don't know what it is at now. I think it's like 2400 or whatever, but he missed one question. That's it. And this was at like 14 years of age. Like, you know what I mean? I had to take the shit three fucking times. And my best score was like a fucking 1280. But my first score was a 1060. And um, it was enough to get my scholarship. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my brother, super fucking smart dude. Like beyond, beyond smart. My brother went to fucking school with the fucking Kennedys and shit and the Bushes and, and like Vanderbilt family and just like affluent fucking crazy, crazy like just... Forbes, when Forbes meant something, you know what I'm saying? Not the bullshit Forbes is now, but when it actually meant, when Malcolm Forbes was actually alive, you know what I'm saying? When you had a Forbes list and it was real, my brother went to school there, you know, and, and um, he was just a fucking brilliant dude. And uh, I idolized and mimicked everything he did. So when I moved in with him at 16 years of age, it fucked our, our whole relationship up. In fact, after I finally finished school and everything, me and my brother didn't speak for like eight years. It was fucked up. It was a crazy situation. It was, it was, and you know, I blame my parents for that shit. Oh, I blame my dad mostly because he didn't step up and that's just some punk ass shit and I would never do that to my kids. So going on and going forward, I went to that school, Albany High, and it was just like, it might as well have been in fucking Indiana. This school was so fucking just country bumpkin just, and it was so weird. It was like a, it was a crazy melting pot because there was a lot of kids from like Oakland, from Berkeley, from El Cerrito, from like Pinole and shit. And a lot of times, I think people wonder, how the fuck does Ben so, know so much about the Bay Area? That shit's weird as fuck. Well, one, you know, I went to college out there, you know what I'm saying? So I lived there for, you know, four and a half some odd years, you know what I'm saying? I live all through the Bay and mostly San Francisco. But like, you know, when I was at Albany, like, you know, people are like, oh, this kid went to Beverly Hills High School, you know? And it was like, instantly people hated me and Mind you, I went to six different schools from, you know, in six years. That shit sucked. And I was going through a divorce. So, like, I, you know, I fucked up a lot. And, you know, the only thing I had was sports. You know what I mean? Um, I was a semi-popular kid in the schools. But, like, once I started getting to popping, you know, boom, I get kicked out. You know, it's no one else's fault but me. But, you know, I still blame, you know, I blame my dad. And, um, you know, Albany was just a fucking weird-ass time. You know, I met some crazy people there. During that time, for any of the real boom-bap, super backpack hip-hop kids, you know what I'm saying? Well... A lot of people who think they know hip-hop and shit and everything else. And, like, I'm not throwing no similes or anything, but, you know, like, I've known Tyler for fucking almost, no, I've known Tyler for over 10 years, Tyler the Creator. And, like, he's an amazing musician, artist, and everything. But deep inside, he really has no fucking idea how deep in music I used to be and how I used to dig in crates and shit. This is way fucking before anyone had YouTube or all these fucking just super easy assistants you know what I'm saying? Like, shit was real when we go search for records and breaks and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I started DJing in 1982. Shout out to Rob One. Rest in peace, Rob One. L.A. hip-hop pioneer. And um, there was a group called Souls of Mischief, who was part of a group called the Hieroglyphics. One of the dudes I went to school with, his name was Paulo. His rap name was Pep Love. 
And he was part of the hieroglyphics and uh, Souls of Mischief. And it was pretty dope, you know what I'm saying? Like, because later on, when everyone was doing things, I was like, yo, man, these dudes are talking about doing music. And, you know, they ended up doing it. Because if you haven't heard the song 93 Till Infinity, then, you know, you don't know shit. And I see this shit in movies now, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I know it's like, oh, why can't you just be cool and be positive? Because, you know what, man? It's, it's cornball shit, man. It's like... I really respect the motherfuckers that was in it from day one and not in it because it's it's popular now. You know, like back in the day, like rap was not fucking popular at all whatsoever. I just, I gravitated towards it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Albany was a weird ass fucking town. And on top of that, this is where I had my first job. And that's why, you know, people hear me say all the time, like, yo, I worked at Burger King. One of my brother's friends, his dad was, uh, and he owned a Burger King. So, you know, my first job at 16 was working at Burger King. And minimum wage back then was like $3.85. Like it was a fucking joke, you know what I'm saying? And I worked like a fucking slave there. For uh, like a month, I worked at Subway too. And this is when like there was like 11 Subway sandwich stores in, in America. That's how old I am, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like this is how fucking old I am. And I hated fucking working at Subway. And this dude in the apartment building I lived in named Reza, he owned the subway. And I was like, man, fuck this dude and fuck this job. And again, it was 385 and it was just fucking, it was a nightmare. For those of you now, because I never spoke about which one it was, for those of you now wondering like, oh, what, what Burger King did you work at? Because I never really wanted to tell people where I, you know, where I went to high school at this time. And I was not embarrassed. I just, it was just something I never spoke about until right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm exclusively sharing this information with my behind the baller podcast listeners you know but i worked at the um burger king in el cerrito the one off of uh san pablo avenue and it was right across the street from nations by the way i fucking love nations god damn i miss nations as a shit by the way so yeah man you know albany was a trip man you know it's, it's a super small school it was a uh, 9th 11th and 12th grade the entire school had like 600 students. So it was a real small school. I can't, you know, Beverly Hills High was like 2,500. I think Fairfax might have been 3,000. I was coming from big schools to small schools. And it was like, you know, like I couldn't get my groove on. Like like the the <laughs> the style, like there wasn't that many cute girls. And if, if there was like one cute girl at the school and like she dated like the dudes who like grew up there. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like an outcast. You know what I'm saying? People didn't fuck with me that much. But, you know, I played sports. So, you know, like, I got to get a season in there, and thank God I did because that actually was a crucial season for me getting um, my scholarship in school, you know. But um, a couple years ago, I posted a picture of my Ferrari, my black FF. I parked it outside this legendary spot, this legendary Bay Area spot, well, San Francisco and East Bay spot called Gordo's. I posted a picture of my Ferrari in front of Gordo's, and I said, man, most of you people, all you people will never know how much this picture means to me. And like, you know, you're talking about a dude who was now sent up north. Now I'm away from all my boys, all my people. And a lot of the dudes I fuck with early on, man, these dudes was making moves, you know what I'm saying? And, and some of them end up being great. Some of them, you know, they washed up, don't know where the fuck they are. But, you know, a couple cats that I grew up with, they real heavy people, you know what I'm saying, in the game. And, you know, like there's no, you know, emails. There was no fucking pagers, no fucking text messaging and shit back then you know this is this is the late 80s you know what i'm saying the late 80s early 90s and like that fuck with me psychologically moving up there you know it really pissed me off because i had my best friends i had relatives and shit you know that was that was a, a real fucking tough part of my life and it fucked me up so working making three dollars and 85 cents an hour you know with aspirations to 
hopefully make, you know, some type of money after college. And it was like college was like necessary at that point to my parents' eyes and stuff. And kind of like I started to actually believe the shit. And I was like, nah, you know. And to this day, no delusions, no nothing. You know, I'm a realist, like straight up. I grew up being a dreamer, you know. But for the most part, reality will pinch me, will knock me the fuck out. And I'll be real with you, man. If I was 6'3", I think I could have did something with basketball or football. I think I definitely could have went to the next level. But, you know, my, my genetics, you know what I'm saying? I was not genetically built the same way, you know what I'm saying? A lot of these corn husking eating motherfucking white boys and these, you know, African-American dudes. These people are built so differently. From, Asians don't have that type of fucking, just those type of bones, you know what I'm saying? That type of muscle structure, you know. I had to work like almost damn near three times as hard. And I had asthma growing up, so it was just a bitch. So, you know. Going on, that was probably one of the most depressing times of my teenage years. One thing that I'll never forget, and I'll never fucking forgive uh, my dad and my brother for this shit. This shit's fucked up. And they'll sit there and be like, fuck you. And I'll be like, fuck you. And fuck you. You know, you're talking about, I could be one of the most petty people that I know in life. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, when I'm wrong, I apologize and shit. But there's things that have definitely stuck with me and, and, and you know, I don't know if you would say, you know, it makes me bitter or whatever, but it's just some punk ass shit. I got in a lot of trouble, like I said, and even though I caused the trouble, you know, certain things you do and certain things you don't do because, you know, they last a lifetime. And I'm thinking about this shit, you know, 30 years later. And um, I got in trouble for stealing. And uh, I remember I was going to San Francisco. I took the BART. And I came back. And my brother found out. He had told my parents whatever else. And like, you know, they were like, listen, man, um, you're not going to be able to go to the prom. And there was a chick I finally started digging, you know what I'm saying? And, and we were kind of vibing, you know, we were going to go to prom together. And, you know, my parents, my brother, they cock blocked that shit. That, I ain't going to lie to you, man, that shit got me so motherfucking tight. I was, I was just, it, I, this is like one of a million different stories, you know what I'm saying? And like, it was just a fucked up situation. In LA, I definitely could have hustled, could have had a better job, could have had a car. I didn't have a hot car in high school. And um, it was some hater shit. And I know I fucked up and I did, you know, but at the same time, like my sister always says, yo, man, you know, if you didn't have all that shit, hardships and those obstacles, you know, maybe you wouldn't be the person you are today. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck all that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I think back and I think about some of my homies I grew up with from elementary school to junior high to high school and shit. And some of them work at Trader Joe's. Some of them, you know, have regular ass jobs, you know, working for like a fucking vitamin company or whatever the fuck it is. You know what though? Some of these dudes are actually really happy, man. You know what I'm saying? Like they're genuinely happy. You know, they don't have all this other shit that they've been exposed to. And you know, they're just, they're just normal dudes. And my sister's like, you know, look at these people. Like you want to end up like that? And I'm like, yo man, really, it didn't seem that bad. You know, like it's crazy because, you know, like at 7 p.m., they could turn their brain off, you know, like the work stops for them at 7 p.m. Shit. Work does not stop for me almost ever. You know what I'm saying? 7 p.m. is fucking 11 a.m. in Korea, in Japan, in Asia. You know what I'm saying? Shit get cracking over there at fucking midnight. You know, it gets cracking in London and Paris and everything. You know, I got clients all over the world. So I never get to sleep. And I am complaining. You're like, oh, I'm not complaining. No, I'm complaining. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm at, you know, what... I would call the exit stage, you know what I'm saying? This is the stage of my life where this is the exit plan, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tired of working, you know? And I don't know if that motivates anybody, and I don't care if it does, but what I'm trying to get at is 
I work so motherfucking hard all my life and smart and all that shit that I'm fucking over it. You feel me? You could be a doctor who has crazy patients and, you know, you see fucking 10 people a day for 40 years. And if you did that for 100 more, you still wouldn't have worked as hard as I have. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, fuck this shit. I'm done. But when I go back to that picture of the Ferrari in front of Gordo's, it shows me, you know, how far I've gone, how far I've come and, and, you know, where I am. And like, even from that picture, December, 2017 to today, you know what I'm saying? Like I dreamed about, you know, having fucking Rolls Royces and, and Bentleys and Ferraris. And I mean, tell you the truth, I dreamed mostly about having Mercedes Benzes, you know what I'm saying? And like that was achieved, you know, 2001, but you know, I had a, a lot of aspirations, a lot of dreams and things like that. Live in a big house, you know, have this, that, have clothes, whatever, you know, Gucci, fucking, you name it, stupid, silly shit, have a bunch of Air Jordans, you know what I'm saying, I've been a sneakerhead since day one, I'm not one of these motherfuckers who was in here reselling, trying to figure things out, and oh, this is cool, and this is that, and, and the things are cool because they, they see it's cool, they got no mind of their own, you know what I'm saying, I've been wearing motherfucking Nike since fucking the 70s, man, yes, for real, I've been a sneakerhead since fucking like 1984, 85, you know, 86. I, I, I was around when the Jordans came out the first time around. So enough of that. We'll get into sneakerhead shit later because that was obviously a very major part of my life. But going on, man, to see how far I've come, you know, have five, six cars, you know what I'm saying, have multiple cribs, you know, um, everyone's eating good. I got three kids. You know, fucking tuition is no joke. I don't want to tell you how fucking expensive private school is. It's a fucking, it's unreal. Um, my kids eat all organic, you know what I'm saying? It's just how my wife is. My wife is a fucking amazing mom. She's a fucking amazing wife. And um, she holds down the house. You know what I'm saying? And, and um, my kids eat straight, only organic food. And it's just fucking, it's a motherfucking nightmare. <laughs> you know, I have to work like a motherfucker in order for them to, to continue this lifestyle. You know, I'm like, I could take a break, but you know how that shit goes. It's like... You know, once you start to see people in your rear view, you know, Mike Tyson told me on his podcast, hey man, it's good to see people in the rear view. You know what I'm saying? It's good to see them because it lets them know that's where they're supposed to be. But the thing is, you know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers, you get people in your rear view and you're like, all right, man, they're kind of creeping up. You know what I'm saying? I don't like motherfuckers creeping up. You know, I like to be fucking eons and bleams away. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know what those words mean, then, you know, go Google them. But um, people today, kids today, millennials or actually generation x whatever the fuck they're called you know they're like i will by the time you turn 25 you're old you know what i mean like uzi used to say that shit you know and like that motherfucker just turned like 25 26 but you know by the time you're 30 they're like oh man you washed up you're done 40 fucking forget about it man i'm 46 and just came off the biggest fucking year of my career i've never been this relevant in my life and i never forced shit Never paid for a fucking ad like these other cornballs do. Never fucking asked anybody else for a fucking shout out. Didn't give away free jewelry for the shit. None of that fuck shit. You know what I'm saying? I did this shit on myself. Pretty much, I did it without a manager. Even though, of course, you know, I have a business manager who, you know, shout out to Suleiman who watches over my finances, help me out with business, you know, things. But like, you know, I have an agent, you know, I'm with WME, I have an agency and everything. But like, no offense, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're there to fucking, you know, handle shit once business is presented, but like nobody's went out there and caught no fish for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to do the shit myself. In fact, nobody's ever 
opened a door for me, really. You know what I'm saying? Actually, you know what? Lou Adler, my godfather. Lou Adler, legendary person. You know what I'm saying? If you Google his name, Jesus Christ. Lou was probably one of the most legendary people in Hollywood, period. His son, Nick Adler, was my best friend going up for you know a, a real amazing era of my life. Another era where I was broke, but I gained so much game. I soaked up so much game from him and his family, and they kind of cracked the door open for me. I still had to bust that motherfucker down, but nobody opened the door for me. You know what I'm saying? Again, I think a lot of that has to do with why people think I have a chip on my shoulder, and you know, that's cool, man, but I wouldn't trade it for nothing. It is what it is. It was written. I'm here now. I'm talking about this. I'm behind the baller. Um, you know, super excited to get into more things. But right about now, I got to let my man, Miles Davis, add some music. Yo, Miles, man, please bust out one of them Lakey beats, and I'll be right back. Once again, that jazzy-ass, funky-ass beat you hear in the background right there, that's my man Lakey, you know what I'm saying, and uh, gave you guys a little breakdown about the early parts of my life, a little bit more about who I am, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and it means a lot. Appreciate every single person that's listening right now. This is the Pilot Genesis episode of my podcast. So fucking happy to be here right now, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, each week, if I can, I want to break down a little bit more about my life so you guys could fully understand, you know, how I got where I am today, you know what I'm saying, and how this shit ain't no accident. And um, we're just not going to get into that right now, you know what I'm saying, because that would be stupid. Um, you know, we got to go, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, I'm big on protocol. I'm also big on skipping a line, but you know what I'm saying, this, this ain't about that though. So, as you know, man, this past weekend has been fucking crazy, you know what I'm saying, and, and uh, gotta talk about it because, you know, it's a part of my life in a lot of ways, you know, and um, first and foremost, my blessings and prayers go out to all the victims, anyone related to the victims, anybody even involved or was in the area of the shootings in Ohio and El Paso. It's fucking crazy, man. You know, the, the world that we live in today, is, it's it's really nuts. You know, everyone wants to blame Donald Trump, and uh, I don't think he's necessarily the, the problem, but he's definitely not helping, you know. I just, every time I see it, you know, I see people say, you know, you got to get rid of guns, you got to get rid of this, and like, I'll see people say it to my, in my eyes, you know, correctly. I know this is a sensitive subject, but you know, I mean, I'm gonna do my best to say it and articulate this shit the best way. But semi-automatic to fully automatic assault rifles, like, bruh, man, you know, you don't hear about, you, I mean, you hear about gangbanging shit and songs and stuff, but like, bro, a lot of you people don't, don't witness the shit. Just because I don't live south of the 10 freeway don't mean I don't know what the fuck is going on. I mean, my store was at the fucking Slauson for 12, 13 years, you know what I'm saying, of my career as a jeweler. 99% of when I was a jeweler in the worst, you know, one of the worst fucking neighborhoods in all of L.A., and I grew up around gang shit all my life. This is pure facts. You know, I don't mean to separate myself from other Asian Americans, but 
you can't put me in the same category of bubble with them because I don't even know one, not one single Asian that grew up the way I did. And I mean, I guess I am proud of it, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's just, it's what it was. I had no choice. That's, you know, that's where I was. That was my, those are my surroundings and that's how I grew up. And one of the things I grew up in was, you know, gangbang, you know, culture and shit. So you rarely see those motherfuckers go out and spray everyone, especially not recently. That's for goddamn sure. So, you know, my question, and you know, you guys could DM me and tell me, you know, it's cool. Why the fuck do you need a fully automatic assault rifle? You know, when it comes to home protection and um, me being a gun owner for 25 years, right, legally, you know, for home protection, it don't get better than a shotgun. You know what I'm saying? A good old fucking 12-gauge shotgun, you know, someone's outside your house, whatever, and you know, and you're like, all right, well, cool. You grab the shotgun, you already know as far as like, you know, semi-close range or, you know, of course, close range, you got a motherfucker down. Now, if you got to sit there and figure out like, oh, let me go get the AK and get a rifle and this and that, not like, come on, bro. Like, you know, you're on some whole other shit, you know, and that's if it gets to that point. You know, I have a whole bunch of different opinions about this shit. I'm not a member of the NRA. I don't know too much about what they do other than, you know, obviously promote, you know, gun ownership and, and you know, those amendments and things like that. And, you know, and, and uh, I just got back from Virginia. You know what I'm saying? I was out there this last weekend. And, uh, you know, Virginia, man, you know, it's, it's a mixture of all kinds of shit. You got tech people. You got, like, a bunch of Saudi, well, a bunch of Arabs and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Then you got, like, the DMV and shit. You know what I'm saying? Next, by you got D.C., you got B-more, you got all this shit. But then you got, like, Richmond. You got, you know, Norfolk, Virginia Beach. Shout out to all my VA people. You know what I'm saying? Then you got these crazy motherfucking Ku Klux Klan, Tiki Torch holding motherfuckers. And it's like, that shit still exists in America, you know? And, um... What I'm getting at is these people, they're on some different shit when it comes to the guns and everything. And it's just like, you know, and gun laws are way more laxed out there. And gun laws are lax in a lot of places, usually the places that where people go fucking crazy at. And um, again, I don't know much about the NRA and people blame them and cool that, you know, maybe there is an issue. If it came down to it and they announced, all right, you have until the end of August to turn in all your firearms, no matter what. After that is considered legal, illegal, and then it is like a high felony. You're doing like 25 years. There's no attorney that's getting you out of this shit. There's no one's going to talk you out of it. First time offender, you're still doing 20 years. You know what, man? I wouldn't really have a problem with that. Like, you know, like, fuck it. You know, like, I've never spoke my opinion on this publicly, especially on social media. But, you know, at one point for, was it three or four years, you know, I was a CCW, you know, carry you know how to permit to carry i've never been obsessed with guns i like guns you know i own 40 guns you know and i have a lot of ammo but like you know it's a diff there's, there's different reasons besides obviously me being a jeweler and people wanting to come and hit me up and you know attack me and whatever it may be you know one thing which is not by accident at all you hear about everyone getting robbed in fact i can't think of one person who hasn't been robbed. As far as a jeweler, every jeweler that is popping, whatever it may be, has been robbed. Not me, not my cousin Steve. And that's not by accident. I'm always real careful about you know my surroundings, how I move. And up until about a year ago, I didn't even walk with security. You know what I'm saying? Rarely. You know, unless I had the Cali chain on me or some shit. 
So, you know, being in L.A., and this is the robbery fucking capital of the world, you know, they're waiting for a motherfucker to come here, and they don't give a fuck who the fuck you are, no matter how. That's why when you hear all these rappers and shit, these dudes got protection. They're paying for fucking people to protect them. You know what I'm saying? They ain't fucking down with no gangsters. They're paying dudes to be on their side to ensure them to not get fucking touched, not get robbed, all this other shit, and whatever. That's cool, you know. We had a different thing, you know what I'm saying? You know, me and my cousin, especially my cousin, him being so legendary in the streets, South Central, you know, we had a mutual respect with the streets, you know what I'm saying? The people fuck with us. So what am I getting at? I carried for a majority of my life every single day. People ask me all the time, well, what's your daily carry, you know, this and that. And it switched up. Back in the day, my daily carry was a Glock 27, you know, it was, it's a mini Glock, 40 cal. But that bitch got a snap on it, you know what I'm saying? And this is another thing too. I know a lot of people go to the range and do other things, but a lot of normal people have not heard a gunshot like within two feet of themselves or busted off a cap. And it's nothing I'm proud of. I'm just saying I've been in that situation more than I'd like to say I have. And um, I've been shot before twice. Jesus Christ. Don't worry. Um, you know who you are. I won't bring up the story. But uh, one time it was by accident. It was a fucking illegal discharge of a firearm. Unfortunately, it was my firearm. I wasn't the one who pulled the trigger. And another time, there was a domestic violence fucking situation, and I got involved. Dumbest fucking thing I could have fucking ever did in my entire motherfucking life. I was in my late 20s. I was messing with this chick who had a boyfriend, and like she said it was over, you know, and I was just young and dumb, and I wasn't really thinking. And it got into some gangster shit. And this dude was affiliated with some gangsters out here a major gang out here and um gang i'm actually affiliated with as, as well but he was much more affiliated on a daily basis with them but he wasn't from here so that bothered me a lot too because i can't stand when motherfuckers come here and say that because of blood shit because there's crips and bloods in other cities and i'm not trying to disrespect them but it's like man the shit was started here you know what i'm saying as far as that real gangbang culture shit and everything whatever and no one should be talking about gangbanging after the age of fucking 25 anyway. It's kind of crazy. But going on and going forward, my daily carry for the longest time was a Glock 27. You know, before that, I used to have a, um, early on, like in the 90s, I used to carry a, a Sigma. It's a 380 Smith & Wesson. It was a piece of shit gun. It was, it was actually pretty decent, but you know, 380 is, you know, you got to be real nice with it. Uh, that 40 was a motherfucker. But it was my longest daily carry, you know what I'm saying, on a regular basis. It was my CCW gun. And uh, today, I don't carry like that, you know what I'm saying. There's always a gun around me, I'll say that much, just for people who, you know, who uh, want to get froggy. But uh, my main intention is to obviously protect my home, protect my family and things like that. And uh, now, you know, when I do carry, which is rare, when I do carry, you know, it's probably the Glock 43, which is the law enforcement only and uh, law enforcement only only means that uh, means you can't get that gun unless you are law enforcement or someone in law enforcement sold you the gun. You know what I'm saying? Through a third party. So yeah, for the most part, the the Glock 43 is is one of my favorite daily carries. And uh, when I do carry, and um, I have a Sig that I love carrying as well. Um, I carry a USB compact sometimes too when I know I'm like, yo, I'm about to go into some shit. So let me prep and uh, always. Whenever you see me, and if I'm carrying, always know. I always carry four or five clips because you already know nine bullets ain't going to be enough. Eight bullets ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like You got to be ready. You know what I'm saying? You got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. But um, 
just recently, shot to my boy Sean. My boy Sean owns a gun shop in uh, Orange County called Fowler Guns. F-O-W-L-E-R. Fowler Guns. I just bought a revolver. Smith & Wesson Bodyguard 38 Special. That motherfucker's a beast, man. Let me tell you. That motherfucker is the real deal. And what I'm getting at is gun safety is so crucial. It is like like riding a bike. You'll never forget and you should never forget. It is so crucial that you have lockboxes in your house. Now, if you're a single dude, cool, whatever. But just God forbid a guest comes over, fucks around with your gun, someone you don't like, someone breaks in. Let's just say an ex, a fucking girlfriend, you know, someone's kids come over. I suggest everybody own several lockboxes. Fuck it. Have a gun safe if you need to. But having a child in the house, having children in the home, you have to be beyond careful. You have to be extremely careful, you know, and I am that careful, you know, and it's a big deal. And, you know, when I think about it, it's no accident (laughs) that every single one of these fucking mass shootings is some white dude and it's fucking crazy. You know, this shit has to stop. We got to figure out a solution. I don't know what it is other than the fact that they don't just have to ban. They have to give you 50 years, but that's where I think the NRA comes in. They won't allow that, you know, and it's just fucking unfortunate, you know, like I'm not tripping like that, but I will say this. The other day I heard some noises outside my home and I heard some shit and my wife got real startled. She's like, babe, did you hear that? And I'm like, yeah, I heard that. Babe, shh, be quiet. And I'm leaning on the side of the bed and my wife sees me and she's like, what the fuck? Why are you smiling? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, what's, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, babe, just just chill. And in my brain, my wife knows me so well. In my brain, I'm thinking like, yo, I'm a killer motherfucker. Like, I'm not about, you know, killing people's lives and going out there and just being a serial killer, being this and that. That's not it at all. And by the way, sidebar, all my entire life, I've been misunderstood. My words have been taken out of context. My entire life has been taken out of context. So... Let me break this down again. If you decide to enter my property, just know I'm not waiting for the police. I am not going to wait to see what happens. I'm not even going to give anybody a chance to get near my home where my kids sleep. I am busting shots without no doubt at all whatsoever, 100,000%. I am going to motherfucking shoot somebody. And it hasn't happened, you know, yet. And there's been a lot of, you know, robberies and shit all throughout Los Angeles County. But my wife is like, yo, man, you really got problems. You know what I'm saying? You really are a sick fucking person. You know, it, it, in a way, it, it is fucked up. But it's like, don't give me a reason. You know what I'm saying? You're barking up the wrong tree. You broke into the wrong crib. This ain't the house you want to get into. You feel me? Like, no, that ain't it. Turn around, go to somebody else's crib. How about don't rob it all? How about work hard and get your own shit? You know what I'm saying? I never broke into motherfucking people's houses. Shit is crazy. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, you know, um, if you were to ever break into my home or get on my property, you know, I got about fucking, what, 21 cameras. I would see and it'd be rest in peace for you. You know what I'm saying? And my wife knows how to shoot too and She's getting nice with it. It's a problem. But God bless all the victims. 
It's fucking unfortunate to the people who passed. My heart goes out to them. And uh, I'd like to talk about something different. So let's move on. One thing about being a parent is this, man. I didn't really think we were going to have a daughter. And after Ryder, who's my my middle son, I was done. I was content. You know, I had kids super late in life. My wife is 11, 11 years younger than me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, she's cool. Me, I got a bad knee. I've had a bad knee since football. You know, and some of these things didn't take effect until 10, 15 years later as far as football goes. And injuries and shit. I got a motorcycle accidents and stuff and everything. And... And I just can't wait to share all of that with you, but we're not going to go talk about that right now. So going on, my wife wanted to have a third kid. And I said, no, you know, if we're going to do this shit, we're going to do this shit like the guaranteed way. So there's this thing called spinning where, you know, they spin your sperm and uh, it gives you a much higher chance to almost a for sure shot at having either a boy or girl, depending on what you choose. And, um, you know, there's in vitro, and that also, they do that too, you know what I'm saying, gender selection and stuff and everything. And, you know, we did all that. And just so you know, in vitro could run anywhere from like fucking ten to fucking $20,000 per session if that shit don't work. Now, the thing with in vitro is the chance of you having twins or triplets or anything are much higher. And there's no motherfucking way that I was about to have twins. Two was already a lot. Three right now is killing me. That shit is no motherfucking joke. It don't matter how much your in-laws help, how much other help you have, that shit is a lot. It is a lot, and I'm a very hands-on dad. If you didn't know that by now, know this. Watch my motherfucking Instagram. You should know by now that, yeah, you see jewelry because I sell jewelry. I make jewelry. But, you know, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out that I love my kids more than anything in the world, and that I am a father first, a husband, and then... Any other fucking title you want to call me, jeweler, entrepreneur, whatever. So, you know, when we had a daughter, I was like, fuck, man, you know, I got to think about this shit because me growing up, I was a scumbag. I lost my virginity when I was 12. You know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, I didn't get laid until like I was fucking 15 after that. You know what I'm saying? This was some chick in my building. But like, you know, once things start getting rolling, you know, and I know right now my wife is like, why you got to talk about your fucking sex life? Babe, just let me do me. You know what I mean? Like, this is really, you know, I, I want you guys to really hear the unfiltered version of me. And, you know, I was, I fucked, you know what I mean? Like, I was a real dirtbag in high school and, and in college and shit and everything else. And then you think, like, damn, you know, and by the way, let me rewind a little bit. Hold on. Always with consent, you know what I'm saying? Like, never, ever did I fucking, you know, cross the line, mess with a chick that was who, too drunk and shit. Like, that was never my thing. Like, oh, yeah, man, let's get a girl real drunk. And, you know, she won't know what the fuck happened. Like, fuck you talking about bro like i was always like nah fuck that she gonna enjoy this good thing you know what i'm saying like i want a motherfucker wide, wide awake sober you know um my friend's mom used to always say you know if, if you're you know you're not old enough to have sex if you can't have sex in the daytime with the lights on whatever it may be yeah i mean i prefer the lights on you know or whatever whenever we can do it you know what i'm saying three kids it's hard to get around having sex going on and going forward I know all the lies and shit that I said and all those crazy things I did and how many hearts I broke when I was younger and everything. And like, I don't want that shit to happen to my daughter. You know what I mean? I'm sure inevitably she'll have her heart broken. But like, you know, I'm gonna end up fucking some kids up. 
fucking some teenagers up and whatever it may, you know, whatever it is. And I watched that show Euphoria, you know, that HBO show. And I watched it right when the third, I think the third episode aired. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this show? I had no idea Drake was involved until I watched the credits of the fifth episode. And um, I follow Drake, but, you know, just didn't, you know, I don't necessarily watch his stories and stuff. By the way, going back to Instagram, the mute feature on Instagram is fucking amazing. It is so good. Meanwhile, Instagram fucking sucks. And not to, do. I'm sidebarring the fuck out of you guys on this episode. But, yo, I'm working on a fucking social media app. We should be launching this month. Next month at latest. We're in the beta version right now. And I'm just trying to do something to stop with the fucking bullshit algorithms. The fucked up timeline. Give me, give us our fucking chronological timeline back. Now, the mute button is fucking amazing on Instagram. Mute stories, mute the fucking posts. It's crazy. But uh, I follow Drake, you know, and you know, Drake has a shit to where you can't comment unless he follows you. And he follows me and I go on there and troll a little bit, but you know, people get it fucked up, especially the young kids. Like, oh, you know, that guy Ben Baller, he's a jeweler and you know, he uses Drake's page to promote his page. And, no, I don't, you fucking stupid ass bitch. You dumb fucking stupid fucking idiot. That's the furthest thing from the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just accepted the fact that I was a jeweler like a year ago. You know what I'm saying? And and that was a year after the fucking ASAP Ferg song had already came out. Like, I don't really consider myself a jeweler. Like, I put it as a title and, you know, I'm filling out, you know, a loan for like, you know, a home or maybe a car or something. But like, I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, I've always been, I was Ben Baller way the fuck before any social media. I was who I was before social media. You know what I mean? So miss me with that bullshit. So going on, this show Euphoria, I think it's like eight episodes. I, I'm not exactly sure. Um, the season finale was this past weekend. And the first three or four episodes were fire. Fucking show is raw dogs. Shit is no joke. They don't fuck around. Nothing is being held. This shit is straight up fuego. Like it is full steam ahead. And... um Last year, I saw this movie called Assassination Nation, and I just realized that it was the same director of the show or creator of the show. That show was fucking crazy. Like, they get in, they get it fucking in. Like, they get into it for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, teenage pregnancy, gays, transgenders in high school, fucking, you know, kids fucking, drugs getting fucked up, and just the way, I mean... I'm fucking scared. I'm so scared. My nieces are in high school. They're about to go to college. You know, my nephews are about to enter high school. And it's like, I'm so petrified for my kids to enter high school because the way these kids are now, like, I hope my kids are geeks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, cool geeks. You know what I'm saying? Before, it was never cool to be a geek. But then you got, like, you know, these gamers and shit. And the motherfuckers are geeks. I don't give a fuck. And these gamers are getting pussy now. So it's crazy. So, you know, shit cracks me up. But anyways, going on. You know, I fear for my daughter when I watch Euphoria and it makes it fucking just, makes me even scared. Going back to Euphoria, show is so fucking dope. And then the finale and like the last couple episodes are like, were low-key trash. So, you know, I just got high expectations, you know what I'm saying? Um, over the weekend, I watched that movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I just knew it was a Quentin Tarantino movie. I knew that it was based on a character that was a, a famous actor and stuntman. I did not research too much more about it, but being a fan of the I Am Rap Report, Michael Rap Report podcast, 
you know, that's all the fuck Mike would talk about. He kept talking about it for fucking months and months and months. And I heard people talk shit like, hey, man, how come fucking, um, I forgot what the fuck her name was, a chick from fucking uh, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Margot Robbie. And they were like, you know, how come she only had several lines and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the way that Mike Rapport responded to it was so fucking brilliant. It's true. It's like, listen, people are getting too caught up. And how come there wasn't black people in this movie? How come there wasn't this in this movie? How come there wasn't enough gays? And it's like, yo, man, shut the mother fuck up. It is so fucking aggravating to fucking hear people complain. And it's like, it's crazy. We want our rights and this, that. Like, yo, man, if you're not getting, it's crazy how, how much, I've never seen it at this high when it comes to how much recognition is. And if people want enough, it's like, it's nuts. I don't see Koreans going out there and parading and be like, yo, listen, we want a Rolls Royce. We want this. We want that. It's crazy, you know? We just come to America. We fucking work hard. We bust our ass and we get what we want. You know what I'm saying? And that's how it should be. And, you know, I know that there was so much shit with the Holocaust and with slavery and everything else and with, you know, with hatred towards gays and stuff. And, like, I'm not about any, I'm not, I'm the furthest possible person from racism. But I will say this. I truly miss the days of Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and Andrew Dice Clay. Andrew Dice Clay has to be my top two or top three most favorite comedian ever. And all he did was offend people. That shit is funny. When he made fun of fucking Asian people, I laughed. Do you know what I mean? People are so fucking sensitive and they're just, it's really getting bad right now. It's, it's actually, it's sad. Do you know what I mean? People need to have thicker skin. It's like everyone wants to complain. Everyone wants to fucking report somebody. It's like, man, chill the fuck out. And Quentin Tarantino, with him, he's hit or miss. Love Pulp Fiction. I know he didn't direct fucking True Romance, but I love True Romance. I know he wrote it. But like, Pulp Fiction was amazing. What else did he do that was good? I wasn't a crazy fan of Reservoir Dogs. I couldn't get into Inglorious Bastards. I don't know. I know I'm missing other films. Um, Jackie Brown was cool. But anyways, Once Upon a Time in America is a very long movie. It was long as fuck. I started to get anxiety in that motherfucker. Like, yo, dog, I need a Xanax. Like, I need to do something. Uh, this is like, I'm, I don't know. This movie's kind of... And it, it was a little slow. But I didn't know... And I'm not going to give me spoilers, but I didn't know that the movie was fiction. Had I known that, I would have entered the movie totally different. You know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, I watched the movie by myself. That has happened never, maybe once or twice in my life ever. This being the twice, but I can't remember. But I don't go see the movies by myself. I'll go eat by myself all the fucking time. I love eating by myself. I love having by myself meetings, but I do not go to a movie theater and watch a movie by myself. Never done it before. And um, I told my wife I was going to go see Hobbs and Shaw. And I walked into Hobbs and Shaw and... 10 minutes in, I was like, yo, man, fuck this punk-ass movie. I walked out, boom. Went to go see Once Upon a Time. And I was super geeked. I watched it. And, um, you know, a lot of Asian Americans, I, I follow this blog, this Asian blog, and I don't know anybody who is a bigger Bruce Lee fan than me, me personally. I have been a Bruce Lee fan since 1978. I have been to his fucking graveyard site and his son, rest in peace, Brandon. His daughter was tripping saying that Quentin Tarantino disrespected Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I was like, All right, I got to see this shit because if these motherfuckers disrespect Bruce, I'm going to talk a gang of shit. Now, listen, man, I think Quentin is a pretty big fan of Bruce, to be honest with you, especially during that era of those Chinese kung fu flicks and, uh, you know, during that whole era of Jim Kelly, black exploitation films and shit. That whole era was fucking so fucking dope, man. And like, 
I watched the movie. Dude did a pretty good job until he took his glasses off. And I was like, when he took his glasses off, the motherfucker looked like one of the aliens from fucking uh, Space Jam. The motherfucker looked crazy as fuck. But, you know, voice-wise and with the glasses on, he did a good job. I don't see the big deal. People just want to fucking complain about everything these days. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about yellow power, man. I back my Asians. You know that. You know what I'm saying? And I know people are like, oh, man, you said that shit about crazy rich Asians or blah, blah, blah. You know what, bro? I didn't say it like I was like, fuck this movie. It's fucking out. You know, I said a couple harsh things that, you know, I do take back. But at the same time, you got to understand, like, I guess I just have to be a casting director and put out my own Asian film. Like, I just, that ain't the, the way I depict Asians. And like, cool, it's Singapore. It's one small fucking part. And they're making such a big deal. Yo, man, listen, I had, you know, I, I met the director he had a fucking amazing speech. His speech set shit off at the Unforgettable Awards, the Asian American Awards, where I won um, Lifestyle, Lifetime Achievement, you know what I'm saying, Culture Award. It was a big deal. And his his speech set it off. We met, you know, shook hands and everything. And I think he caught wind after, like, yo, man, this dude Ben Ball. I said some bad shit about my film. It's like, yo, man, why don't you take it as creative criticism, you know what I'm saying? But whatever constructive criticism I meant. Um, make a film about... Americans here. Yeah, I know the, the film was based about an American girl who met a dude from single quarter came. I'm talking about motherfucking Americans here. Make a movie about modern day shit where Americans are here, chilling here, been here, having all Asian cast with that, where these motherfuckers ain't goofy and look like they fucking talk like with the fucking last names and, and you know, look like they just ate a fish and shit and all that stuff. Man, make some cool shit. You know what I mean? Shout out to my Asians that you know ain't out there that can transition and do both and not be such a fucking fob. But, I know that sounds harsh, but, you know, anyone offended, go fuck yourself. Yo, man, I think that's it. Shit, man, that was my first fucking episode. That was my first podcast. You know what I mean? And, um, again, you know, we will have some features. Maybe we won't. But definitely, at some point, definitely want to bring a few people on. If I bring some people on, just know... I'm not bringing people on because I need to. I'm bringing people on to school you guys, and I hope you guys soak up this game. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to leave, you know, each episode with an inspirational quote, but I just don't have one. Um, actually, you know, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You know what? Being broke is part of the game. Staying broke is some personal shit. All right? Keep that in your brain. I can't wait to drop the next episode. I can't wait to just keep doing more of these podcasts. Thank you to everyone who is out there listening. Really appreciate it. Y'all don't know how much this means. This is something that I want to do full time because, again, I was built for this shit. You know what I mean? Shout out to my boy Lakey. Yo, Miles, man, throw one of them Lakey beats out there. You know what I'm saying? Yo, y'all, peace. God bless. I'm out.